0: Hello, and welcome to the first Draculina podcast. My name is Hugh Gallagher, and I ran Draculina Publishing from 1985 to 2006, producing hundreds of magazines, comics, and books, and also ran a successful mail-order business until the internet destroyed it all. But I'm not bitter. So, why a podcast? Sometimes I get stuck in my car and I like to listen to a good podcast, but finding something I actually want to listen to gets pretty difficult. I guess if you like to hear two people give their opinion on why a movie is good or bad or why they like an actor or actress, you can find plenty to listen to. But I like actual interviews and factual information, and listening to two people tell me their opinion on something makes me feel like I'm eavesdropping on a conversation I have no desire to hear. So, with the Draculina podcast, I plan to run interviews with various people who are working or have worked in the B-movie business or do podcasts on other horror-related items with actual facts. kind of feeling my way around here, so if anyone has any ideas or suggestions, or just wants to comment on what they hear, please do. Even though I no longer publish the Draculina magazine, I still have the desire to do Draculina-type stuff. I recently started a YouTube channel where I am slowly building content. One of the videos I started was Horrible Hughes Coffin Reviews, where Horrible Hue reviews B-movies. The first episode covered the movie She Kills, starring Ginny Russo. I did a video interview with Ginny and used three of her answers on the Horrible Hue video. I transcribed the entire interview and put it on the Draculina website. But I started thinking, was that enough? But those that don't have the time to read, or those that are just too damn lazy, they might be interested in listening to it. So, this will be my first podcast. Jenny Russo is a very attractive and talented actress that appears in both stage and in multiple B-movies like She Kills, Empire State of the Dead, Fang, and many more. I want to clarify that this was not a live interview. I sent Jenny a list of questions and she videotaped her responses when she had the time. So, for this podcast, I will read the question and then play her response. I did do some follow-up questions where she responded by email. For those, I read both the question and a response, just so the interview is complete. Before we start, let me plug my website, draculina.com. There you can get back issues of Draculina, Scream Queens Illustrated, Pinup, Oriental Cinema, She, and many more, as well as books and DVDs. For anyone listening to this podcast, you can use the code POD25. That's POD25, and receive 25% off your order. I'm going to run this offer until October 31st, 2019, so go there today and save 25% off your order. Also, you can find links to my YouTube channel and see Horrible Hughes Coffin Reviews. Please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and please share it with anyone you know. I do not make any money off this podcast or the YouTube channel. The only money I make are any sales produced on the Draculina.com website. Okay, so without further ado, here's the interview with Jenny Russo. At what point did you decide you wanted to be an actress, and why?
1: Well, um, I knew since I was a child that I loved acting. I think I first really took it seriously in high school, and it was actually a good friend of mine at the time that encouraged me to audition and apply for NYU um, School of Acting. Um, I don't think I would have thought I could have gotten in but she encouraged me and basically said you know if anybody can get in you can and I did and it was great it was amazing four years of, of studying and and then um, going forward living in New York for eight years and um, and now working out of, out of upstate New York.
0: Did you get support from your family?
1: I got lots of support from family and friends. Um, like I said, there was a friend that encouraged me to even audition and apply for NYU. Um, my family was very supportive. Uh, NYU was very expensive and we couldn't afford it. Um, thankfully, I was a good student, so I did get scholarships, uh, student loans, and my mom helped out a lot because thankfully her you know little house and Syracuse's Southwest side was paid for. Uh, it's not worth a whole lot, but it was paid for, so she was able to take out some home equity loans so that I could, um, so I could study at NYU and, and follow this passion of mine. So yeah, very supportive, and especially in, in when it comes to money and stuff where some families may not have been. I've always had somebody, once I moved back up to Syracuse, I've always had somebody to run lines with me if I needed, whether it be um, my mother, my husband, and now my 8-year-old daughter, Parker, is even able to run lines with me and help me with um, self-tape auditions and even this interview.
0: (laughs) Is there anything you draw from your youth when acting? If you have to get extremely upset or happy, do you pull from past experiences to motivate you?
1: I don't know if it's, yes, there's definitely stuff. Not like youth, like as a child, child. Um, but I would say there's definitely stuff from age, you know, 13 up, experiences that I'd gone through, certain things that that I'd like to think that most 13, 14-year-olds did not have to deal with back then. Um, and I, I was able to and still use that in my acting. Um... So if I get ex- have to get extremely upset or happy, do I pull from past experiences to motivate me? Absolutely. Um, I did study while I was at NYU. I studied at the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. So we use sense memory. So that was my training. I was there for three years. Um, and then my fourth year, I was at Stone Street Film and Television Studio. But while at the Lee Strasberg um, Theater Institute, you know, the, the whole sense memory, I mean, you're basically, you're pulling a lot from your own past. Um, and working off of that so I basically was able to use what I learned there and my past experiences and absolutely I certainly certainly pull from it
0: I had a couple follow-up questions after this which she answered via email first question what kind of things were so strange for you at 13 and 14 to which she answered unfortunately because of the stuff in my younger years that affected me at age 14 included another person I can't go into detail. If it was only my truth to tell, that would be different. Next question was, you never mentioned your father. Was he out of the picture? Were you an only child? Her answer was, no, my father is very much in this picture. He and my mom separated when I was 12 and later divorced, but he has always been there. He wasn't as supportive about NYU. He told my mom when we thought we couldn't afford it that it was okay to tell me no. My mom insisted that I worked too hard not to be able to go to the college of my choice, so she made it happen. But my dad is at all my shows and movies that I feel are father appropriate. He moved me back and forth from New York City and now helps watch my kids. We are a very close family. I have one brother who is four years older than me. Unfortunately, he's a schizophrenic and has a host of physical ailments. His mental illness was diagnosed when I was 19 and it was very difficult for the family to deal with. He currently lives in a group home close by. I see him mostly on holidays, but my parents see him weekly. You have a lengthy list of horror movies on your resume. Do you like horror movies?
1: I have to admit I've never necessarily been a fan. Uh, I've kind of gotten into this whole Scream Queen thing and I enjoy doing it. I love filming them and I've been enjoying watching the finished products. Um, But it was never like my favorite genre. It was never something that I, you know, said, oh, I really want to be in horror movies someday. Um, It was what was casting at the time, uh, especially since I'd moved back up to Syracuse. Uh, It was the stuff that people could actually sell. Um, and get into film festivals, and so once I started acting in a couple, then you know word got out. You know Jenny Russo acts in these, um, and I started auditioning for more and more. And now I, I do do a lot of them. Uh, it's not that I dislike horror movies; it's just not the genre that I usually would choose if I had a choice of seeing a movie on my own.
0: Another follow-up question that she answered by email: Are you related in any way to John Russo, the writer? Of the Night of the Living Dead. To which he responded, I am not related to Jack, but over the years we have become good friends. I met him several years ago at a scarathon when I was there promoting She Kills. He is a great person, and I always enjoy our conversations. What would you say has been your best movie so far?
1: She Kills. I just love that movie. Um, it's not for everyone, of course, um, it's very genre specific. It's goofy, it's um, intense in some parts, but I, I adored doing it, I adored the final uh, product. Um, I still laugh, no matter how many times I've seen it, I still laugh hysterically at certain parts. Um, I'm Gonna Get You sucker. was a movie I really enjoyed growing up, or in my teenage years probably, so the fact that it reminds me of that, or Airplane, or... Um, Naked Gun, I think, you know, any of those types of movies. I I always really enjoyed that kind of humor. So, so yeah, definitely She Kills.
0: She Kills is a very extreme movie. What were your thoughts when you first read the script?
1: It is a very extreme movie. Uh, My first thoughts when I read the script, there was actually a lot of, um, could I do this? Should I do this? Um, is it making light of certain things that are actually, you know, very serious? Um, and it, it it took a bit for me to, to realize that, yes, I think I can do this. And I can, I think that I can make sure that I'm not, um, I'm still taking serious, even the, the goofy moments, um. I also knew that I could bring some of my own past into this film and some of my own experiences into the film. So for me, you know, it, it took some consideration, but then, you know, I knew I wanted to do it and be part of it.
0: In one scene, you are gang raped, but it's shot in a comical way. I actually felt weird watching it, as it really isn't something that should have any comedy elements. How did you feel about shooting that scene?
1: Well, the truth is that was one of the things that I was really, you know, kind of nervous about when I read the script. And, you know, it does obviously do it in a comical way. So I was like, okay, is this making light? Is this or Would this be considered a rape joke? Because I don't like rape jokes. I don't even see why they exist. I never really find them funny. Um, I think what made it okay for me to do is the power that I get from the revenge. I mean, that just... That was actually a cathartic experience for me. Um, The scene where I kill Pooch, uh, Poodle, excuse me, um, in Pooch's Bar. Uh, The scene where I kill Poodle, I have to say I I felt amazing that day. When I was done shooting that scene, I felt so powerful. Um, There was definitely a catharsis with it. Um, The truth is I have been uh, sexually assaulted in the past. when I was living in Brooklyn, I was assaulted by a um, serial, serial rapist um, that I didn't know, put a gun to my head, tied me up, and raped me on the floor of my apartment building. So because of that and my history, um, obviously, and this was something, by the way, that Ron Bonk, the writer and director, did not know about at the time. On set, I didn't let anybody know. I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I didn't want, in any way, I didn't want them to... Feel like they had to do something differently than they would because they knew this about me um, so I didn't tell anyone until after we were done filming it's something I'm very open about but as far as you know filming and stuff I didn't let any of those particular people know till after we were done um, and yeah filming that scene was really awkward um, there, there were a lot of emotions it's filmed in a comical way but yet obviously what's happening is there's nothing comical about it but I think what got me through it is knowing the rest of the script, knowing how the movie ends, and knowing, you know, how I get to get my revenge, and it was fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> I had another follow-up where I told her I was sorry to hear about her assault, and asked her if the man was put away for his crimes. To which she responded, yes, Carlos J. Ramos was convicted of being a serial rapist and was sentenced to 35 years. He has to remain for 30 years before he's eligible for parole. Were you happy with the finished movie? Anything you may have changed if you had the power? I was
1: really happy with the finished movie. I I loved it. Uh, there's a couple scenes, and actually Ron's in agreement with this too, so I don't think I'm insulting him by saying this. There's a couple scenes that ran a little long. Um, in particular, and I'm not just saying this because I wasn't in the scene, but the dance scene in the bar before I arrive, and like the crow makeup, um, that went on a bit, a bit too long. Um, so I would have definitely shortened that, um, off the top of my head, that's really the only thing I can think about right now that I would have, I would have wanted to change if I had the power.
0: Was it a tedious shoot? Seems like there may have been a lot of downtime setting up for effects for shots.
1: It was a a tedious shoot. Um, There was lots of special effects, and anytime you're dealing with special effects and gore and blood, there's a lot of um, hurry up and wait. So, you know, you're waiting, 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 waiting until they get set up, and then it's, okay, hurry up, we've got this amount of time to do it because we have to have the sun coming through the blinds a certain way, or, um, you know, we've got to catch it right as the blood splatters at a certain time um and so that that was tedious it also could have was it was also tedious at times when you know because it's an independent film you don't necessarily have SAG sag after actors so not everybody's taking it as seriously as like I was Um, so you had some people who showed up to set late some very late um, which would throw everything off uh, and that was frustrating there was also some people who I didn't feel like were just taking it very seriously even when they were on set. Um, so there was some times where that got a little frustrating. But to be honest, the, the core people that we worked with were just amazing to work with and some of my favorite people now. Um, so, you know, it was tedious, but it was definitely worth it and I would, I would do it again.
0: You have done nudity in movies. Were you ever apprehensive about that?
1: Um, I have been apprehensive about that. I don't know anybody who feels completely comfortable with what their body looks like. Uh, For this particular movie, I was about 18 months postpartum with my first daughter when I filmed it, and probably only about four months since I would stopped nursing her, so my body was Definitely not where it was pre-baby and to know that I was going to be in all these scenes and I had not lost the baby weight yet And I didn't feel confident um, Made it a lot harder than you know a quick nudity scene that I had done back in like 2009 Where I didn't have kids and I still felt like you know, I was in pretty good shape Um, So yes, I was apprehensive mostly because I know that you know, whatever imperfections are there, they're on film forever um, but as far as just being comfortable, you know, everybody on set was awesome. So there was never, I never felt uncomfortable with the people, um, which was
0: great. You act in plays as well. Which do you prefer?
1: I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's things about both that I love so much. Um, I love live theater. I love feeling the reaction of the audience um, as I'm doing the performance. I love um, you know getting that immediate feedback with, with just the energy or the laughter or the you know the stress that you feel you know coming from an audience when you're doing a scene. Um, but then I love film because I love also being in the audience watching it and, and getting that kind of immediate feedback too. Um, I don't know. I really don't have I don't know if I really have a preference. I do so much of both. Um, I probably do more theater just because I can do theater year round, whereas upstate New York there tends to be filming more is done spring, summer, and fall, and then people kind of call it quits for the um, the winter.
0: Can you tell us about your latest movie, Fang? Is that available yet?
1: Um, is it available yet? It's not available yet. It's uh, as far as like um, renting or buying or even you know video on demand. It is going through film festivals right now. Um, it just was at the Milwaukee Dreams Fil- Fe- Film Festival, and it won two awards there. So it's doing well and it's um, we're trying to they're trying to get it into several others that we just haven't uh, heard back. I think some of them aren't going to let us know until like September. Um, I got to see it at the premiere in Buffalo, and I really enjoyed it. went my husband and I made a night of it, went out there and and uh, spent the night and everything, so it's great and I hope to see it again soon. I I don't even have a copy myself. Um, so. But yeah, I'll stay tuned. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be available for people to watch unless they're seeing it at a, a film festival.
0: What about The Horrific Evil Monsters?
1: The Horrific Evil Monsters is the next project I'm working on in June with Adam Steiger. Um, who's the same person who uh, wrote and directed Fang. Um, I'm very excited about that, if for no other reason than the fact that I get to work with a lot of the same people that I worked with on Fang. And, you know, when you're on a movie set together, especially with Fang, we were living in a house um, on Cuca Lake, which is part of the Finger Lakes up here in central New York. Um, It was It was just a great experience. So you're staying there, you're actually living in the house with these people. We're shooting 13, 14, 16 hours straight through the night sometimes. And you definitely, you become a family. Um, So to be able to be on set with a lot of those same people, again, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And I'll be shooting that at the end of June.
0: I know you're married with kids now. Has that changed your life as an actress?
1: Well, today's actually a perfect example. I'm trying to do this interview. I've been trying to do this interview for I'd say two weeks now trying to get it done and it's either an issue of you know when can my husband help me set up the camera when can the kids be quiet, Um, when can I get a little bit out of mom mode and actually do hair and makeup and feel like I look presentable enough to be on a video recording Um, And that's just for an interview. When it comes to self-tapes, it can be even more frustrating. Um, With theater, it's an audition at a specified date and time. So with theater, I already know, right, there's an audition this night, I want to go to it, I can set up babysitting or make sure, you know, my husband's home or whatever and go and do it and, you know, I'm in their space. more and more often and not that it's a bad thing but more and more often with film or web series or tv pilots they want you to do a self-tape and while i don't mind doing a self-tape it can be really really hard to find the time to do it the space to do it um, and not have the distractions in fact i did a self-tape a couple weeks ago for a project And when I finally got to the time to do it it was a Sunday night because I knew I needed somebody to read, you know, read to me. I needed a reader. I needed somebody to record it. Um, But I also needed somebody to keep the kids quiet. So what ended up happening was all four of us were in the room. So I had at one point my eight-year-old daughter reading opposite me, my husband recording me, and my four-year-old daughter sitting just off camera literally clinging to my leg as i'm trying to do the scenes um and then there was a few words that my husband wasn't comfortable with my daughter saying in a second scene so then we had to switch (laughs) she did the camera he read with me it's just but again four-year-old still clinging um sent it out uh the person saw it and um, liked it but they wanted a follow-up and I again I was more than willing to do a follow-up I appreciated the feedback and I wanted to do another another tape I think I was given four days um, to redo it and in that time you know I had an open schedule as far as you know I could have done anytime but I still needed the reader I still needed the person to hold the camera And with me doing a lot of theater, you know, my husband's working during the day, he gets home, and then we have dinner, and then I'm off to rehearsals or shows. So it's like, okay, when can we pick a time where I can have you as a reader, you recording it, and I can still, um, you know, do my stuff as well. So needless to say, I also was doing a show that I needed to um, spend some time with the script. So I, you know, responded to the woman, said, you know, thanks for the feedback, I'll try to get... Uh, second one to you by Friday but to be honest I have to set this down for now because I've got a show Wednesday that I have to prepare for I think that particular week I had shows Wednesday Thursday Friday or, um, and I never got it done and it just there just was not another time where I was able to do it um, you know at home with the help that I needed and get it done Uh, It it would have been so much easier if I had just been able to go do the audition at a specified time and place by myself, get feedback on the spot, and then redo it right then and there, you know, taking into consideration the feedback I was given, Um, but trying to set up a second time to do it just in that particular case didn't work, um, unfortunately. Uh, and one thing that men don't always understand is it also takes time to get, you know, hair and makeup. So here I was doing hair and makeup on a Sunday night to try to do this self-tape, um, only to find out Monday she wants me to redo it. And it's like, okay, when do I have time to do all this again? So I'm still trying to figure out how other um, how other people do it, especially people with families, um, when it's not they're not being asked to do it outside of their home.
0: Does your husband enjoy your movies?
1: Yes he does actually. Um, there's a, that's the question that people ask a lot. They want to know, you know, do things make him uncomfortable? And there's definitely certain scenes that make him uncomfortable, but for the most part, he uh, he really enjoys him. He's very supportive. He's come to see, he's seen She Kills in the theater, surrounded by tons of people twice. He saw Fang in the theater, um, you know, sold out theater. He's seen, you know, any of the films that we've had an opportunity to see, especially if they're, you know, playing somewhere locally, he's gone and he's right there by my side. He's very supportive, um, which is great. And um, yeah, I couldn't do it without that support for sure. It's one battle I don't want to be fighting.
0: Being a mom, does that change the roles you will or will not do?
1: Not yet. So far, I just know that there's just certain things, movies, my kids just won't see. Um, but as far as accepting a role or auditioning, I just pick what am I comfortable with, and I I don't feel like that's changed. I mean, She Kills, like I said, I shot after my first daughter was born, um, which wasn't, which was probably even more out there than some of the films that I had shot before I had children.
0: I had a follow-up question where I asked her. When your daughter's 21 and you are 55 and she watches She Kills for the first time and wants to talk to you about it, will that bother you? Which To which she responded, no, not at all. I hope to continue to have open conversations with my daughters. When it is age appropriate, we will discuss a lot, I am sure. Do you have a long-term acting goal?
1: I, I think we all have dreams. Uh, the reality of it is... Gets smaller and smaller. I'm 42 years old living in Syracuse. I'd love to keep do what I doing what I'm doing. I would also love to actually make a living from it. Um, you know, there's work here and there, and as I said, I do a lot of theater, and you know, it, it, it pays, but it doesn't pay well. So I still also have my, my kind of day job, and um, but would I love to think that something would come to Syracuse that I could, you know, whether it's a recurring, you know, a uh, character in a pilot or something, that would be awesome. Um, but not trying to be negative, I just don't know if it's, if it's realistic. I'm not like moving out to LA at this point in my life. I've, I lived in New York for eight years, loved that, um, but I won't be moving back there at this point in my life either.
0: If they were to make a movie about your life so far, how would the synopsis read?
1: There's so much. <laughs> um, I've actually thought about writing stuff. Um, it, but the thing is, do I turn it into a fiction or do I turn it into uh, more of an autobiography? Um, no, as I mentioned before, there's, there, there was the, the rape when I lived in Brooklyn, which obviously was a horrific thing and has definitely shaped my life since then. I was 20, uh, I just turned 23 years old. I had been graduated from college less than a year, um, so basically real life smacked me in the face, quite literally. Um, so I'm sure a synopsis of my life would include that, but it would also include um, the fact that I think I'm hardworking and um, I'm a good mom and a good wife, I think. <laughs> so it definitely include that. Um, I absolutely love to travel. It's a huge passion of mine. So if I can't fill in time with different acting jobs, then I'm definitely trying to figure out where we can go to and explore next. So synopsis of my life would have to talk about my adventures. You know, I've been to Borneo. I've trekked through the jungles. I climbed Mount Kinabalu, which is the highest peak in Southeast Asia. Um, uh, we've traveled all over you know Caribbean I've been through Europe and um so it would have definitely have to include a lot of you know my travel adventures as well um but yeah I think I I think I have a lot to tell and I think I have a pretty interesting story so um maybe someday I'll it'll come out with more details
0: if any of your kids decided to act what advice would you give them
1: well, my eight-year-old daughter, Parker, already has decided that she wants to act. Um, thankfully, unlike her mother, she has a beautiful singing voice as well. So she's already started doing, she started her first one when she was still seven. She started doing some local um, children's theater musicals. Uh, she was in Lion King Jr. in the fall, and now she's doing Little Mermaid Jr. Um, then she's doing Susicle and... Um, frozen for next fall um I don't at this point I mean I don't have advice necessarily to give her other than you know if I'm rehearsing with her little little things like you know do this or do that um if she got more serious about it later it's probably more where the advice would come in I think because I have a good idea of the business we're a little bit better off especially if she were to get serious serious than you know some families who are are clueless um but yeah i'm sure the advice will come as she keeps or if she keeps pursuing that but right now she's she's loving the doing the children's theater and she's doing awesome at it so my advice to her would just be keep going if you love it keep doing it and keep working hard
0: that wraps up this edition of the draculina podcast i hope you enjoyed it You can record a response or comment and send it to me, and maybe I can use it in a future podcast. There should be links to contact me. You can always email me at dracdirect at gmail.com. Watch the draculian.com website for information about future podcasts or YouTube videos. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. So until next time, don't let life suck the life out of you.